pastor. Um, and I, wanted, I want to say, again, thank you to you guys for um, the gift. I don't, and, um, but more than that, thank you for the gift of uh, being able to pastor you. Um, you guys make it easy to pastor. Um, and not all of you, some, <laughs> most of you <laughs> make it easy to pastor. And so uh, I'm grateful to the Lord for you guys. Like seriously, uh, my wife and I, um, we love you guys dearly. And um, y'all try to get me. <sighs> I'm trying not to be emotional, but I really appreciate it. And I love you guys. No, I'm not going to cry. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, so, we've been in this series called Devoted. Uh, you guys been enjoying this series, Devoted? Amen, amen. We've been walking through the book of James together, um, which is fantastic and amazing because James is the brother of Jesus, and um, he had a really strong reputation for being really devout. Um, and so... Uh, what a better person to teach us about what it means to be devoted than James. Um, and so we've been in this series called Devoted, uh, and today I'm going to be in chapter 2, uh, verse 14 today. I just got one verse for you today. Uh, chapter 2, verse 14. Hear these words of our Father. He says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but does not have works? Can such faith save him? Father, bless this, your word. God, we pray today, God, that you would be with us. Speak to our hearts clearly today. God, teach us from your word, God, and help us, Lord, to understand what it is that you want us to know today. But also, more importantly, help us to understand what it is that you want us to be today. And so, Father, as we hear these words Help it to transform us today. Help us to receive your word and gather it into our hearts. Help it to fall on good soil today, not on thorny soil from the cares of this world, God, but on good soil. God, as we receive the word today, God, I pray, God, that uh, the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart would be acceptable in your sight, my Lord, my strength, and my redeemer, and who I place all my trust. And everyone said, amen. I want to tag this text today as... I understood the assignment. I understood the assignment. If Tasha was around today, she would have shouted on that one. <laughs> but I understood the assignment. A farmer who was asked what time, <laughs> what time he went to work in the morning replied, Son, I don't go to work. I'm surrounded with it all the time. And this ought to be true for each and every believer in the body of Christ. We should be surrounded by work. Not in the sense that we overwork, not in the sense that we are busy for busy's sake, but there ought to be a work at work in us. And so we're not working to earn something, but we're working because of what God has placed on the inside of us. So we ought to be like that farmer who says, son, I don't go to work, <laughs> but I'm surrounded with the work of God all the time. 
And as we look to this passage today, what we get to see is, is James, he's going to ask us two rhetorical questions back to back. And typically, this is a little geeky, but typically in Greek, when you see uh, two rhetorical questions back to back, that indicates the negative. And so what James is showing us today, he's going to teach us with his questions. And it's wonderful that he uses questions to instruct us, just like Jesus did. He uses questions to instruct us. He begins by saying this. He says, what good is it if someone claims to have faith but does not have works? Claiming to have faith without works, here's what this idea talks about of being good. What good is it? It talks about it being advantageous for you or profiting you. And so James is saying claiming to have faith without works does not profit you one little bit. Claiming to have faith without works does not profit you in the least bit. So what we see in this passage, and we're going to understand this after we get through, is because James is trying to get us to understand that there is a reality attached to our faith that must be accompanied by our works. There is a reality that is consistent and true for all of us who claim to have faith in God that indicates to us that it ought to reflect in our actions. First Samuel chapter 12, verse 21 tells us, it says, don't turn away to follow after worthless things that cannot profit or rescue you because they are worthless. And that begs the question for us is what are the things that God is calling us to do? And so I want to answer these questions for us today, because when it comes to understanding the assignment, we can't just talk about it. We got to be about it. Proverbs fourteen twenty three says that there is profit in all hard work, but endless talk leads only to poverty. And so what we're learning, what we're going to learn through this passage is that Jesus is calling us to understand the assignment. And listen, the, under, the, uh, the assignment for the believer is this, is that you understand what God has placed on the inside of you. Each and every one of us has something specific and unique that God has placed on the inside of us that he's calling us to work out and to live out here in this life. And so I want to be clear, though, I want to be clear here uh, because your works alone aren't going to do it. James is clear. He's saying, and there's, there's a lot of controversy around uh, around James because some people say that James is contradicting Paul, and and he's saying that that works are are how you're saved and all that stuff. But that's not true. Uh, that's not the reality. The reality here is that James understands the assignment. <laughs> he understands that if you've got faith, it ought to be accompanied with and married to your works. If you've got faith, uh, it ought to be married to your works. And, and, and we understand that when something is married, listen, and when it comes to faith and works, what God has put together, let nobody tear apart. And so when we're talking about our faith and our works, they go together. But let me be clear, your works alone are flavor flavor. 
Some of you don't understand what I'm saying, but Flavor Flav had a song. He says, I can't do nothing for you, man. I can't do nothing for you, man. That's his song. He just keeps repeating that phrase. <sighs> That's how simplistic songs used to be back in the day. <laughs> but your works alone are Flavor Flav. They can't do anything for you. <laughs> See, if you're just relying on your works, <laughs> if you're relying on your works for salvation, then it can't do anything for you. If you're relying on your works to save you, it, it can't do anything for you. If you're relying on your works to place you in a good position with God, guess what? It can't do anything for you, man. And Isaiah 57, 12 says this. He says, I will announce your righteousness and your works, for they will not profit you. So Isaiah is instructing us uh, that even our righteousness alone doesn't profit us. Our righteousness by itself can't do anything for us. So don't be confused by the cultural trap that tries to instruct you and teach you that if you just do the right things, then that makes you a good person. If you do the right things, that makes you all right in the sight of God. That's why we've got so many people running around doing all types of good deeds and doing all types of good things for people. But the reality is, is that in their hearts, they're filled with wickedness. Because they don't have faith in God. And so what I want to instruct us today is this, is that claiming to have faith without works doesn't profit you anything. But also to the point here, listen to this, is that claiming to have faith without works doesn't benefit anyone around you. You know, we talk a good talk. <laughs> We, we, we talk a good talk. We say the right things. We, we communicate the right stuff. We know how to say the right Christian words to people. We know how to raise our hands at the right point in the song when the song is going on. We know how to sing hallelujah at the right time. We know all the stuff to say and how to communicate. But how are our works? You know when to lift your hand in worship, but you don't know how to extend your hand to help your brother. And so what we're going to see is that claiming to have faith without works doesn't benefit anyone around you. Philemon chapter uh, uh, 1, well, it's only one chapter, but verse 20 through 21, it says, Yes, brother, this is Paul speaking. He says, Yes, brother, may I benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Then he says, I am writing to you knowing that you will do even more than I have asked you. And so this passage, what Paul is showing us in Philemon, is this, is that our works ought to refresh our brothers and sisters in Christ. Our works ought to be a source of benefit for our brothers and sisters in Christ. And here's the reason our faith typically lacks works. And, and I'm going to get to this. I'm going to stay in this for a little bit. The reason that our faith lacks works is because... We're not concerned about how we benefit our brother and sister. We're only concerned about how the things we do benefit us. 
See, we're not concerned with how our lives are built around benefiting other people. Because Philippians chapter 2 tells us to seek not only the interests of ourselves, but seek the interests of others. And then he calls that, he says, that's the mind of Christ. And so if you want to have the mind of Jesus, guess what? You've got to consider the interests of other people uh, besides yourself. And so we spend so much time considering our own interests. We spend so much time considering what, uh, what might benefit us that we forget that we are called as followers of Jesus to live our lives in such a way that we benefit the people around us. I'm in the book. Amen. <laughs> the reason our faith typically lacks works is because we're attempting also to gain the world. That's a red flag. We're attempting to gain the world. See, we don't have time for service because we're trying to gain earthly goods. We don't have time for good works towards our neighbor is because we're too busy pursuing our own personal gain. We don't have time for doing good deeds for our brother and for those who, who are downcast and downtrodden. It's because we're spending so much time trying to pursue after our own stuff. We're trying to gain the world. In Mark chapter 8 verse 36 asks us this question. He says, for what does it benefit someone if they gain the whole world, yet they lose their life? Now, what you need to understand is this, is that your life, when we sing it in the song this morning, your life is not your own. Your life is not your own. It belongs to Jesus. And so when we're called to do good works, when we're called to, 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 to have our faith be enacted with our works, when we're called to walk in that way, we have to see that we, can, we oftentimes miss that because we're pursuing after personal gain. But here's the reality is that Jesus models for us what it looks like for our works to benefit other people. <laughs> In John chapter 16, Jesus tells us this. He says, uh, verse 7, he says, nevertheless, I'm telling you the truth. It is for your benefit that I go away, because if I don't go away, the counselor will not come. And if I go, I will send him to you. Now, listen, the, the reason that Jesus was able to go is because he gave up of his life on the cross and was resurrected from the dead with all power in his hands. And now he's able to ascend back to the Father, and he's going to send the Comforter to us, which is the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus understood one thing throughout his whole life. He understood this, is that what he was doing, the works that he was called to do by God, the healing of the sick, the, 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 the healing of the blind, the, the healing of the deaf, the, the raising of the dead, all the things that he did throughout his life, all the works that he was doing, going to the cross and dying for our sins, all of that stuff was for our benefit. And we're called family of God to benefit our brothers and sisters as well. And that's why James, he says here in verse 14, he says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters? It's fascinating to me that James is talking to a group of believers right now about making sure that their faith and their works 
are in alignment with each other. He's not talking to unbelievers and telling them that, listen, uh, you know, if you if you if you want to have faith, you got to do some good works. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, listen, because you have faith, because you are in Christ, then you've got to do some good works. And so it's shocking to me that he's speaking to brothers and sisters here. He's speaking to believers. He's speaking to brethren in the blood. He's speaking to brothers and sisters in Christ and those who claim to have faith. But just claiming to have faith is not enough. James is saying if, that, if our faith does not have works, we're just talking. If our faith does not have works, we're just running our mouths. And what James is trying to instruct us and what I'm trying to impress upon your heart is this, is that when you understand the assignment, you understand that you can't just talk about it. You got to be about it. And so he's saying to this, he's saying, listen, those who claim to have good words, James is telling us that when we truly possess faith, we also have works. And faith, James is telling us, is truly understanding the assignment of knowing that when you have faith, when you have faith in Jesus, then that means that it is expressed in your actions towards other people. Is that making sense? That when you have faith, it is expressed through your actions towards other people. So James is telling us, (laughs) he's telling us that when we lack faith, excuse me, that when our faith lacks works, (laughs) We're showing our butts. Watch me now. He says this. He says, <laughs> he said, brothers and sisters who claim to have works, who claim to have faith, but does not have works. Hear that but there. He says you have faith, but you don't have works. <laughs> James is teaching us that when we claim to have, we can claim to have faith all we want, but if we don't have works, It doesn't amount to anything. We can say that we walk with God all we want, but if we don't have faith, if we don't have works, it doesn't matter. We can say that we're persuaded by the love of Jesus all we want, but if we don't have faith, it doesn't matter. And for some of us today, our butts are showing. Some of us, we're showing our butts. We're showing the fact that, listen, I say I love God, but when it comes down to my life over their life, when it comes down to serving them versus serving me, I'm going to choose me each and every time. Let's be honest in here. The reality is this, is that we don't often, we typically do not walk in a manner where we're consistently choosing to live out our faith by doing good works. He says some of us claim to have faith. (laughs) Some of us claim to have faith, but our works wouldn't corroborate our stories. (laughs) When it comes to your works, the question is this. Here's this idea. He says you claim to have faith, but you don't have works. That word for have, it, it talks about having in your hand, but it, it talks about the sense of wearing something. And so when it comes to your works, 
The question is, what are you wearing right now? See, when it comes to this idea of faith and works, you have to ask the question, what, what have I put on? What am I wearing? And that indicates for us this. It indicates that for us here. It indicates this, is that your past glories don't matter. You may have been killing it for Jesus in the past, but the question is, what are you wearing right now? What have you done for me lately? It's like how y'all try to talk about my cowboys. Like y'all try to talk like uh, y'all championships were uh, 25 years ago and all that stuff like that. And oh, what have you done for me lately? Right. Like that's what y'all try to say. (laughs) That's what y'all try to say. Right. (laughs) But here's the reality. Spiritually, some of y'all are the Dallas Cowboys. What have you done for me lately? (laughs) Jesus is asking some of you, what have you done for me lately? What are you wearing? Are you still holding on to those five Super Bowl championship rings? You still holding on to those? Or are you pushing back the kingdom of darkness with your good deeds to make sure <laughs> that you get some 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 crowns that you can cast at the Savior's feet? See, I love y'all because I I I intentionally degraded my own football team to make a point for y'all. I love y'all. Listen to y'all. <laughs> <laughs> To hear was listening. <laughs> but if someone has faith but does not have works, James says, can such a faith save them? This idea of works here, I, we, we need to talk about it. The idea of works is simply this. It's anything that you accomplish by hand, Industry, business, labor, your mind, or, or the arts. That word implies that. Anything that is accomplished by hand. More than that, though, the word there is a word that talks about toil. It's a word that talks about laboring. And so the challenge is this. The challenge is is that so many of us have a difficult time with doing good works because it requires that we actually toil. It requires that we labor. (laughs) There's a whole story of 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 a... of a store clerk who put a sign in the door that said, no help wanted. And so a man and his brother were walking by, and he said to his brother, he said, you should apply because you're no help to anybody. (laughs) But the reality is that some of us are no help to the kingdom 
because we're afraid of some hard work. Ugh, like so, we're, we're afraid to toil. We're afraid to get our hands dirty. But we must be mindful that our works are being monitored by God. We learned that last week, verse 12 uh, of, of James chapter 2. He says, speak and act as those who are to be judged by the law of freedom. Psalm 33, 15 says, he forms the hearts of them all. And he considers all of their works. So all of our works are being considered by God. All of our willingness to toil beyond ourselves is being considered by God. And I, and I know that feels weighty. I know that feels like it's weighing you down. But here is the good news is that we must be mindful of the fact that we were created for good works. We were created to, 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 to spend our lives toiling to make sure that the kingdom of God has a pathway paved in every person's life that you come in contact with. And it happens from your good works. Ephesians chapter 2 and 10 says this. He says, watch this. He says, we are his workmanship. Workmen. (laughs) We are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works. Which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. God has prepared some stuff for each and every one of you to do. He's prepared some good works for each and every one of you to do. He's already prepared it. And he's prepared it in such a way that he uniquely designed you as his workmanship. He's uniquely crafted you as his workmanship to do the specific thing that he's called you to do. But here's the reality. We struggle to do good works. Because we stop at the fact that we're his workmanship. I want to help somebody today. (laughs) See, meaning that we stop at knowing or at believing that we're his workmanship, meaning that we think very highly of ourselves. And thinking too highly of yourself leads to a lack of good works. Because you think, I don't got to do all of that. (laughs) I'm loved by God. (laughs) Precious in his sight. (laughs) He loves the little children and all that good stuff. Thinking too highly of yourself also leads to laziness. Now, we got to talk about this because, remember, the word for works means to toil. It means to labor. (laughs) And the idea of working is emphasized in opposition to that which is less than work. (laughs) So what that means is, is that sometimes, you know, (laughs) you go to work, (laughs) but you ain't actually working. 
Some of us go to work <laughs> and we do as little work as possible. <laughs> and we go, man, I'm tired. I went to work today. <laughs> but you got to work and you didn't do anything. You opened your email. I'm sorry. You opened your email. <laughs> and then you scrolled up one time and said, man, that's a lot of emails. And you scroll back down. <laughs> and you didn't do no work that day. The, the statistics about how, how many hours Americans steal from their jobs from not actually doing work. We don't want to talk about that. But but the number of hours that we that we steal from work would amount to, to three months of work that we don't do. No. Y'all not ready for that. <laughs> we are called to toil for Christ. Plain and simple. We're called to toil. Meaning, we're called to exhaust ourselves for the cause of Christ. Now, I'm about to step on some people's toes in here, but that's all right. I hear so much in our Christian culture about being burnt out. It's quiet in here right now. (sighs) We talk so much, we hear so much talk in Christian culture about us being burnt out. Now, believe me, I know that burnout is a real thing. I don't want you coming to me afterwards, some of the Pastor Derek, you know, sometimes I just, no, I understand that burnout is a real thing. I got it. Can we establish that? I understand it. Nowhere in the Bible does God equate our acceptability or our identity to our hard work. You hear me? Like he doesn't equate it to that, okay? Nowhere does God command or condone working so hard uh, that you become burnt out. That's not in the scripture. Rather, our work is to be energized by him. Philippians chapter 2 verse 13 says, For it is God who is working in you, both to will and to work according to his good purposes in your life. So you need to be energized by God in order to do the work that he's called you to. Now that that's established, (laughs) I know burnout is a real thing, but it just seems like the flavor of the month for self-seeking, lazy Christians. Now, I'm not angry, and I'm not judging, but hear me, I just understand the assignment. And I understand that when you understand the assignment, that means you must take thorough assessment of your work. Thorough assessment of your work. Galatians 6, 4 says, let each person examine his work. Every person ought to examine his work. And here's the reality is this, is, 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 and, and, and listen, I love y'all. One theologian said this. He said, burnout is often the result of self-reliance. We don't have works to go with our faith because we're relying on ourselves for our provision. We spend so much time chasing the bag because we believe that we got to provide for us. 
And so I don't have no time for good works. I don't have no time for serving in the church because I got to chase the bag. That's money, people. (laughs) Thank you. We don't have time. We, We don't have works to go with our faith because we're relying on ourselves for our protection. Remember, burnout is often the result of self-reliance. And one of the ways that we rely on ourselves is that we rely on ourselves for our protection. We say stuff like, well, I've been hurt. Pastor Derek, you understand, I got church hurt. I served in these churches and I wasn't appreciated. I served in these churches and and I got ran down. And I understand that those things are true. In some context, but the reality is this, that you can't rely on yourself for your protection. We don't have works to go with our faith because we're relying on ourselves for our promotion. That's why we don't have any time for serving in the church. That's why we don't have any time for serving in the body of Christ because we're so busy chasing clout I gotta get my Instagram to pop (laughs) you know what I'm saying pastor like I'm out here (laughs) I'm trying to do my thing you know what I'm saying like you just don't understand but here's the reality is that Christians are expected by God Not to be self-reliant, but to be self-sacrificial. And that at times, that means giving beyond your capacity to give. Sometimes God calls you to sacrifice yourself in order to accomplish good works. That works in relationships. Sometimes you've got to sacrifice yourself, die to yourself in order to love on the ones you're in relationship with. That works in your finances. Sometimes you got to sacrifice some of the stuff that you like and love so that you can give towards the kingdom of God. But hear this, and I'm closing because I'm out of time. We are called by God, not by me, this isn't me saying it. We're called by God to empty ourselves. So you might be saying, Pastor Derek, I'm tired. Yep. Exhaust yourself for the kingdom of God. You might be saying, Pastor Derek, I'm weary. That's okay. Exhaust yourself for the kingdom of God. And when you're weary, he says, come to me. (laughs) I'll give you rest. 
Rest is not found on vacation. Sometimes. Sometimes vacation is a mechanism that God uses to give you rest. But if you're honest, sometimes you go on vacation and you're still weary. Still weary. Come back needing a break from your break. No, I understand. But rest is found in placing yourself in the arms of Jesus. Letting him care for you. Philippians 2, 5 through 8 says, Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ, who existing in the form of God, did not consider, consider equality with God as something to be exploited or held on to. Instead, verse 7, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant taking on the likeness of humanity and when he had come as a man listen to this he humbled himself and became obedient to the death to the point of death even to death on a cross now Paul tells us that we ought to have the same attitude the same mind as Christ Here's the reason. I'm going to help you. The reason that we struggle with this because most of us think that we're equal with God. See, (laughs) Jesus was actually equal with God. (laughs) But he didn't consider equality with God as something to be held on to. How much more should you, who are not even in his stratosphere, Consider the fact that you are not equal with God and empty yourself by taking on the form of a servant. That's why you'll hear us talk so much about service here. That's why you hear us talk so much about leveraging our work. It's not just because we need people to do stuff. Let me clear that up. It's not just because we need people to do stuff. We want to give people an opportunity to step in to the beautiful reality that God calls us to, to walk as servants before the Most High God. I'm out of time. Oh, hey, listen. <laughs> I got more notes. I can keep going. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> but we are called to empty ourselves and be self-sacrificing. And that means we sacrifice our reliance, our self-reliance, and our self-seeking. And let me pause parenthetically and say this. (laughs) This is for free. The result of your (laughs) self-annihilation is (laughs) God-exaltation. Philippians 2, 9, verse 11 through 11 after the passage I just read, he goes on to say this. He says, for this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him a name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. 
and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. You want to be exalted? <laughs> Learn how to humble yourself. Learn how to humble yourself in service. Finally, that's why James asked the question, can such a faith save? Claiming to have faith without works, here's what James is saying. It's useless, unprofitable, non-beneficial, and disadvantageous for you. Faith without works is not strong enough to save you. Oh, I wish I had time. (laughs) We'll talk about this next time. The four types of faith. We'll talk about what that looks like. Because James is going to continue this conversation. Uh, and, and when he, he talks about faith, can our, this faith save us? What he's pointing us to is this reality in Ephesians chapter 2. He's saying this, he says, For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not from works so that you can boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ for good works. We can't save ourselves. It's only the power and blood of Jesus Christ that's able to save us. This salvation is a deliverance and protection from evil. But it also talks about us being made whole. I'm out of time. The devoted Here are my final points. We'll pick up on the rest of that next week. The devoted, when you understand the assignment, (laughs) you understand what is good. Meaning, you're not confused about what's profitable for you. Chasing worldly possessions is not profitable for you. Chasing promotion, worldly promotion is not profitable for you. It's not good. The devoted understand how to make a claim. (laughs) You don't just talk about it. You be about it. And then lastly, the devoted understand what salvation produces. Salvation produces good works in the people of God. And when we learn to walk in this, We can be devoted because we understood the assignment. Father, I pray by your spirit, God, that you would help us to understand the assignment. Help us to understand the call and commitment of believers. Not to just have faith that's verbal. That's important. You tell us to confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and we'll be saved. That's important. But that's pre, a pre-salvific reality. A post-salvific reality is that because you've been saved, because you have faith, it ought to produce good works in you. So Father, I pray, help us to be devoted. Help us to understand the assignment. 
God, I pray right now for anyone under the sound of my voice, God, who doesn't know you. Would you touch hearts today? Draw us to you. Some of us are in need of the saving grace of God right now. God, may we turn our hearts to you as we seek to love you and live lives that are devoted. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Let's prepare our hearts for communion. Thank you so much for choosing to worship with us this morning. We are so excited and so thankful. If you have chosen to follow Jesus, you've just made the best decision of your life, and we are so excited, and all of heaven is rejoicing with us. Click the link at the bottom of the screen, and someone from Epiphany Church will follow up with you as soon as possible. If you have chosen to become a member of Epiphany Church Wilmington today, welcome, and we cannot wait to meet you. Click the link at the bottom of the screen, and someone will contact you as soon as possible. Also, if you could give... And there are several ways to give. You could click the link at the bottom of the screen. You could text. You could download the app. But we need you to give. Uh, without your giving, we would not be able to do any of the things that we do as a church in the community. Once again, thank you so much for worshiping with us this morning. Like, comment, subscribe, and share, and tell a friend to tell a friend about what God is doing here at Epiphany Church Wilmington, where we believe in being on the block, in the middle of it, for Jesus Christ. God bless you all, and you have all have a wonderful week.